Hello, friends. Welcome back to Oshoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and today we have a very special episode. I am interviewing Monique Sarah on this episode, and I've been following her for a while, and I'm so excited that she is on today's episode. Before we jump into this really awesome convo, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who attended my free um, workshop. And if you didn't get a chance to attend or see the video, it is available in my Facebook community group. So that is linked in the description. Um, This workshop was all about finding clients, which just hits home for a lot of us. It hits home for me. So um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today, I have a special guest and I'm very excited to talk with her. So go ahead, introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name is Monique Sarah, and I'm a photographer in Oregon. Amazing. What um, what type of things do you photograph? So up until recently, I mean like this very month, um, I have been primarily a wedding photographer for the last like six years. That's pretty much all I have focused on. And this is actually my last year as a wedding photographer. So moving forward, I'm going to focus more on family sessions, engagements, um, elopements, just different type of portrait sessions rather than like big, large, traditional 10 hour wedding days. Okay. And that's really awesome that you've spent all this time doing weddings because I feel like you have like a lot of knowledge that you can share with us, you know, cause totally. you're a veteran when it comes to weddings. So amazing. Oh yeah. And I love, I mean, I love weddings. I don't ever want that to be like a misconception that I'm yeah. leaving because I hate them or I'm not a fan of like traditional weddings. I had a traditional wedding. I love them, but yeah, I'm just like, my life has evolved in, in that I've found like new passions and desires. And so I'm just kind of like chasing what inspires me right now, which isn't weddings. So yeah. And I think that's, what's nice about owning a business too, is like, as you as a person like change and like your interests change. So can your photography, you know, like nothing is really ever set in stone. Like you shoot what you want to shoot. Like it's your business. (laughs) Absolutely. And like, you got to keep that fire burning, you know, you do something for so long and you become like this cookie cutter mold of what you thought you would aspire to be. And then it's like the burnout. And Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want that. Like I want to keep trying to be the best that I can. And in order to do that, I have to grow, you know, I can't just like stay stuck. So Wow. Well, I'm proud of you. That's a really, <laughs> that's a really cool transition to make. Um, so I guess maybe we can talk about that first. Like talk to me about like the transition from weddings to just sessions, like kind of your reason why and like how it's been approaching that and transitioning. Yeah. So I think in hindsight, it has been something that is needed to happen for a lot longer than I was like willing to recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until really COVID hit that I had this, like, I had this epiphany of what my life could look like as a mom. So, um, I should have said this when I was introducing myself, I have two kids and family is like the foundation of who I am. Like my sole purpose, I feel like for being on this earth is to love and raise my children. Mm -hmm. And when COVID hit, you know, I had this really unique position because I was home for the first time in a really long time during, um, wedding season, you know, I live in Oregon. So our wedding season is primarily like end of May, beginning of June through October and COVID, you know, came around March. And so I really had that whole summer off to be with my kids. Yeah. And I, 
I just had this like, you know, realization that this could be what my summers look like if I'm willing to make that choice and move forward with like a different approach to my photography and my business. And so that's when I really made the decision to stop doing weddings, obviously COVID hit. And so everything got pushed back. And so the decision was made in 2020, but it won't be executed until 2022, just because of, you know, life. Um, so what really, I think, aside from just wanting to be with my kids is like I said earlier, I, I have such a desire now to capture people's lives, every phase of their life. So Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to figure out how to say this the best way I can. When I was young and engaged and married, weddings were like everything to me. You know, Mm -hmm. I loved love. I loved that commitment. I loved the vows and the emotion and everything that goes into a wedding, which I still love. Absolutely. I think weddings are incredible. And that is like the most beautiful promise you could ever make. And at the time, if I did a family session, it was like the worst thing in my mind that could (laughs) ever happen. Like I remember hating family sessions. Mm -hmm. I had zero control over it. I, you know, like the kids just do whatever they want. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have any perspective into that lifestyle because I wasn't a mom that to me, it just overwhelmed me. And I, I felt like I was disappointing my clients, no matter what happened, because I had such lack of control over this shoot. Mm-hmm. And with weddings, I mean, I make a schedule and a timeline and it's very like, you know, I work with vendors and it's very structured. And so even if things go, you know, as they always do off schedule or things fall behind, like yeah. I was so confident in what I could offer. And so when I had my son, um, I remember getting family photos and it was his first birthday. And I was like crying in my mind. I was like, Oh my God, that poor photographer. That was awful. Like my son was crying. Like he didn't want to do the cake smash. And I was just like, I just felt so bad. And the photographer called me afterwards and she was like, you're a photographer. You should know. I wouldn't have left this session if I didn't feel like we got everything we needed to get. And when she delivered that gallery, I just like bawled The the photos were so meaningful to me. Like, mm-hmm. like nothing I had ever experienced before. I was just so grateful for everything she did capture. And that's when I was like, okay, moms, dads, people that are at family sessions, they care so much more about like the actual moments than they do the aesthetics or, you know, the location or the lighting or that everyone say cheese on the count of three smile. And Mm -hmm. so now that I have two kids and I'm like in the depths of motherhood, I've just found such like a deeper passion for capturing this season of life for other people, the chaos, the busyness, the loudness, the tantrums, like, and, and like preserving that and presenting it in a way that's like really honest and beautiful. Even if your kid is picking his nose or like, you know, they're throwing (laughs) it's like, how yeah. can I like capture this in a way that's beautiful and you're going to like value it forever. So oh, wow. that was such a tangent, but like, I'm so no. passionate about my switch yeah. that it feels good to like talk about it. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I think it's so cool that something like the pandemic, which is such a horrible thing, was able to produce such like a, a cool, like, I guess idea or what is the word I'm trying to think of? Just like, like a change of mindset almost where absolutely, you know, you're all of a sudden like, wait, I've been spending like my past, like however many summers 
just busy with work that I've been like missing out on actually like being super involved. Um, and then you're able to be like, okay, well, how can I pivot my business to actually like, I don't know, be with my kids. That's so cool. Totally. And it was just such a perspective shift. Like, you know, I don't want to miss the moments I'm capturing moments for other people. And in doing so I'm missing my own moments. Like, you know, it was just this very humbling, like reminder that like life is so unpredictable and Mm -hmm. days go by so fast. And like, how can I, obviously I'm, I'm not in a position where like, I'm just not going to work, you know, like my husband and I, we have a two income house. We both have to work and that's, we, that's just how it works for us. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like I could just say, okay, this pandemic made me realize that I'm never going to work again. You know, I just, that wasn't an option for me. So it was like, how can I still work, still love what I do, but also not like resent my job for taking me away from like my everyday life, you know? Right. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, I'm shooting so much and like, I'm constantly using my camera that like when it comes to things happening for me, I'm like, mm, I, I don't need to, you know, bring my camera. For oh, this. Yeah. Like if I go oh, on like I a, never. yeah, if I go on like a family trip, like I would say like maybe two years ago, I would have brought my camera and like t- got pictures of all of it and then edited it all for my family. And now I'm like, Mm, I'm okay. And it's kind no, of sad. That's, yeah. Sometimes that's like what photography does to you. So it's good to put yourself in check and kind of realize when that's happening so you can adjust to make things better. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'm, I mean, I'm the same way for so long, like my friends, my family, everyone just thinks that it's so crazy that like, I will take my, like my husband and my kids will go to Hawaii, you know, we'll all do a family trip and I won't bring my camera. And mm-hmm. people are just like, that blows their mind. But like when that's my full-time job and I have a camera in my hands almost every single day, like I just want to be in the moment, you know, right. like I want to live these days with my kids and, mm-hmm. um, this, is, I won't go on a long tangent, but I actually bought a film camera for <gasps> myself and I have no idea what I'm doing. It took me an hour to load the film. Because oh my gosh. I'm so I'm so stubborn that I wouldn't watch a tutorial. I'm like, this is my job. I should know how to do this. Um, but I bought a film camera and I, that's the only thing that I will take on trips. And okay. so I really don't know what I'm doing. Like half of the shots don't turn out, but it's just so fun for me to like, again, fall in love with photography in a different capacity and like challenge myself. And now mm-hmm. I use it on my kids. And then it's like the excitement of getting a gallery, but I, I send in my like film and then I get the digitals. And so that's been fun for me. That's like my newest adventure that I'm, I'm trying to do. Okay. I'm trying to like, I want to do film too. I think I like the idea of like taking photos and not really knowing how they're going to turn out, you know, like, and not having the ability to delete them or like take a bunch of shots until I get the perfect one. I think I like the mysterious, like, Oh yeah. You get what you get. It's like a surprise. It feels like Christmas. Yes. Yes. And it's just, you have to slow down. Like that is the thing that's been so hard for me because I am like, I am the fastest shooter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the number one thing I hear from any sort of like, if it's a wedding, like the mother or any shoot, it's like the dad or I'm very, very fast. And I think that's because my husband hates getting his photo taken. So I just have that like in my brain. Yes. Like <laughs> you have like, to do okay. it while he's smiling <laughs> for one second. <laughs> yeah. 
And um, with the film camera, like focusing in itself is so challenging. Like it is so hard. And I, my kids are three and six, so they're constantly moving. Mm -hmm. And so it just really forces me to slow down. And I'm kind of like appreciating their, just like their moments through this lens. And it's like, everything is slowed down and I'm just really focusing on them. And it's just like this beautiful way of kind of remembering and capturing what we're doing. Okay. Well, I love that. Um, (laughs) That's so cute. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about your like photography journey, like getting started. Just walk me through what that looked like. Um, You know, I'm always interested to hear how everyone starts because everyone's different, you know? Yeah. So I have no um, like photography background necessarily. I went to school to be um, a news broadcaster. So genuinely thought that I would be like an e-entertainment news host. Like that was my end goal. Um, And so I studied that. I have a degree in electronic media journalism. And growing up, like, or even like in college, you know, in the party days, which I definitely didn't do. I did do. Um, I was like the girl that always had like that Walmart, like it was a bright blue point and shoot digital camera with like the automatic flash. Mm-hmm. And I would be taking photos of everyone and then get it developed. And so like, I always enjoyed taking photos of other people. Yeah. But when I was in college, my husband, he, he has a sister who's six years younger than him. Mm-hmm. So when I was a senior in college, she was a senior in high school and she had like sort of gotten senior photos taken, but it wasn't like, she just didn't feel her best. You know, she was like a 17 year old girl, just kind of like figuring out who she was. And mm-hmm. like, we've all been there and it just broke my heart. I remember her not feeling good in the photos and like not feeling confident or beautiful. And I just thought that she, I still think she's like the most stunning human I've ever met. And I just like had this like moment of complete blind confidence. I was like, I can take your senior photos, <laughs> like literally having never taken someone's Amazing. photos. And I knew through my journalism program that I could actually rent cameras, any digital camera that they had, I could rent. And so I think I rented a Canon Rebel T2i, a two, because this was so long ago. Wow. I didn't even know a T2 existed. (laughs) Oh, it was, you know, the glory days. And so um, I was like, I can take your photos. Like, you know me. So if anything, it'll just be fun, you know? And so she like did her hair and makeup and we just went, we did like, you know, downtown photos near railroad track, brick walls, like, you know, all the things. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I turned one of the photos black and white, but only her eyes were in color. Like, Amazing. Like, you know, <laughs> iconic. The, the, yes, literally making a name for myself right away. Um, and so we plugged the cannon into their TV at my husband's family house and they had like a big screen TV and we were just like looking at all of the the raw photos on the TV and my sister-in-law, I could just like see it in her. Like she was so emotional because she felt so confident in the photos. Like she Uh just felt so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I just like, it still gives me goosebumps to have that like understanding that like, that's a privilege that I had that we have as photographers is like to help other people see themselves the way we see them, the way that they were created, you know, the way that like people are so, we see ourselves in a different way, right? Like we're so critical and that's just, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. 
And I wanted her and her like young adolescent self to see the beauty and who she is and who she was. And so when she loved the photos, it was literally in that moment right before graduation that I was like, I'm going to be a photographer. Uh Like, this is what I want to do. I don't want a job that's about me. I no longer want to be the face in front of the camera at Mm -hmm. E! News. Like, I no longer want people to know me as Monique, like I want to tell other people's stories. Like what a, what a gift that is to like have a job that's you're just so humbled and that it has nothing to do with you and your sole purpose of like your career is making other people feel seen, heard and beautiful. And so that's, that's how it all started. Wow. I, wow. That is so cool. I love how you look at it too. And it's cool that you started with a little bit more of like a, I want to be the face of this. Like I want people to know me for me. You know, I, right. yeah, it can, it can be hard sometimes figuring out your career, but you really, as a photographer are serving your clients. Like that's your purpose. And I think that's why yeah. I like it too. Like literally just hearing you say that I'm like realizing like, Oh wow. I, I like it, that too. <laughs> and I always teach that at workshops too. You know, a question that I get asked, honestly, probably more than any ever in my entire, like any interview podcast workshop is well, how do you stand out when there's so many photographers, you know, mm-hmm. like that's what everyone says. And I always say at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many people are doing what you're doing. If you're doing it differently, like your business will be successful. If you have something to offer that not everyone else has to offer, you know, like everyone can do this because it's fun or it's, you know, easy, if you know, whatever, it's a quick way to make money. Like however people look at it, I guarantee that those people are not the ones that are going to have these like lifelong successful careers as photographers because they're not putting in the work and the energy and the time and the effort to really do this for all the right reasons to serve other people to like have it be a gift that you're like bestowing or blessing others with and so that has always been my perspective is like this is not about me how can I serve other people and Mm -hmm. literally we are we're human like it is a human trait to want to be loved and feel worthy and seen and valued and to feel beautiful and if I'm like helping people to see that within themselves, like it's kind of inevitable that I'm going to be successful because that's what every human wants. And here I am just offering it to you, you know? So that's, that's kind of like my mindset with this whole entire industry with this career is just when you stop making it about you, which I get like your face has to be on your business. I'm not saying like, you can't do this in like, you know, a way where it's like, I am Monique, Sarah, but I'm not, I'm Monique Sarah, the photographer. That's what I do. It's not who I am. So you can kind of like differentiate that. Yeah. But when you make it about other people, I just think that your business is going to be so much more successful. Oh my gosh. Yes. So how did you book your first wedding then? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I saw this in your um, email (laughs) Yeah. and I like, I kind of went back and forth of if I wanted to share the story because I never have publicly shared this. I think that I said it one time at a faith-based like ministry retreat. Okay. Um, just because I'm like, what are the odds that this couple from, you know, seven years ago finds this podcast <laughs> and hears it? But I do think that it, it will be very helpful for people to hear. So I will give you like the cliff notes version of this. Okay. Um, there was a couple that I went to high school with and I was never friends with them. Like I honestly don't, I didn't know them at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that they like saw my business on Facebook or something after I had taken like my sister's senior photos and just random little jobs like that. And they were getting married and they did not have like a budget. It was just a very small like hometown wedding. 
And they reached out to me on Facebook and asked if I would do it for like 500 bucks. And I was like, sure. You know, like I've never done this before. This will be a great experience. And this was probably like the first or second year into my not, I mean, maybe as me doing this as like a fun hobby, not even like me really being like, this is my career. So very beginning, I really didn't know what I was doing. I don't even think I brought a wide angle lens. Like I'm, I probably shot the whole thing on an 85. Like, yeah. And so I was like, okay, 500 bucks. Like I'm a college student. This will be wonderful. And so I drove, it was like a six hour round trip drive. And I was there for like eight hours by myself Mm. shooting this wedding. And I came home and I just had no idea of like expectations or what timelines were. Like I had never pursued wedding photography. And so I was like editing all these photos individually, opening them from my card onto Photoshop elements, editing one photo, (laughs) exporting it, and then doing the next. (gasps) While I was in school full-time, like it was just, it was honestly, I was like, I'm never going to be a wedding photographer. This is a nightmare. Yeah. Like, And so they kept asking me for the photos like over and over and over again. So like, I remember I would stay up late and I was like crying. I was just like so overwhelmed. And so I want to say within like 10 days or something, I gave them the full gallery and they had only paid me half at that point. And then they just never paid me the rest of the money. They were like, we had other people at our wedding shooting on iPhones right behind you. And we got the same photos. Like, and keep in mind, I didn't know what I was doing, like logistic, like logistically necessarily, but I was still posing them. I was still finding the light. I was still positioning them. I was still doing all of that. So the fact that all of these people behind me were getting like, quote unquote, the same photo, I was just broken. I was like, I put you there. I put, you know, I posed you. Yeah. So they never paid me. I ended up like trying to confront them several times. She never responded. And then her husband like left me an awful voice message that like made me cry. (gasps) And, and I was like, for that being my first wedding, I delivered hundreds of images. I was genuinely proud of the photos. Like I didn't, I mean, if I saw them now, I don't know (laughs) that I would have the same like appreciation. But at the time I knew how hard I worked how like scared I was, how nervous I was, the fact that I drove all this way. I spent all this time with them. Like it was just really disheartening. And so I was like, I hate weddings. I'm never going to be a wedding photographer. Like this is just not for me. So that was my very first wedding experience ever. And from that point on, I did not take any more. Like people asked me, I just Mm -hmm. said no. And then I think Maybe two years later, I started second shooting or like associate associate shooting for other people. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with like wedding photography for what it is and, and what it could be. And, right. you know, like loved the people I was working with. And so that's kind of when I decided to do it. Yeah. But it's funny. A situation like that can either motivate you to like keep going and like, you know, prove them wrong basically, or it can completely hinder you and you're like, Mm, I'm never doing this again. And oh, it definitely, <laughs> and I'm glad that you were still able to obviously get into weddings, but something like that for me, I might've just been like game over. I'm done with photography. This is horrible. Um, and it's so sad that that had to be your first experience too, you know, like, Oh mm. yeah. And I think honestly, at the time that was my initial reaction of like game over. Like <laughs> I am not cut out for this. <laughs> like, um, but I think with time and really like starting to meet other photographers, just as friends, you know, Mm -hmm. like going to 
workshops or retreats and like befriending other successful wedding photographers, I realized that there were so many things that I did wrong. Like, and this is why I teach, like why I want to tell this story and like teach other people about the lessons that I learned. It's just like protecting yourself. Like I should have had a contract, right? Right. You should 100% be paid in full before the wedding. Like there were so many things that, you know, I should have done to protect myself and I just didn't know. And I think I sort of took that experience and was like, what could I have changed to make that better? Um, obviously there were a ton of different things that went into it, but now it's just, I often forget that that was even a part of my story because I've just so truly moved on from it. I do Mm -hmm. often wonder if they like follow me or they see my work and it's like, you know, I, for the first like four years, I remember I, I was like, at some point, I'm sure they're going to apologize. Like, you know, at some point they're going to have, and they were like, (laughs) I won't get into it, but it (laughs) was just, there were so many things that I'm like, how can, like you do this to, how can you treat someone like this and be okay with it? You know, like I'm literally just this adolescent woman kind of figuring out what I'm doing in life. And I'm like bawling in my bedroom because you're making me feel like I'm not worthy when I just gave everything I have to you. Yeah, It was just so devastating for me. And so I often, I would just like think, oh, someday they'll reach out someday, you know? And I'm like, I wonder if they follow me. I wonder if they even know that this is like something that I fully pursued or that, you know, maybe they, their story even really propelled my business. Like, yeah, I don't know. So kind of along the same lines ish, do you feel like there was one moment in your like career, like getting started in photography that really slingshotted you from like, "Mm, this is a hobby. Like I'm just trying things out to like, yes, this is my full-time job. Like, or like, you know, really made your business grow. Is there any like one specific moment that comes to mind? Um, well, I would say like, as far as the business part of it, I knew that I wanted to do this full time as a career when I was seven months pregnant with my first son. That's kind of like in my mind when I was like, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then I did, I literally quit. Like I had a full time job at the time, quit it the next day and was like, I'm going to go into this. But I would say really within my, like the success of my business as like, a photography business, I think really was just me putting the emphasis on other people. Like I already said this earlier, but when I started photography, it was, it was this industry that really was like, people were sort of serving themselves, right? Like photographers, there was this hierarchy of photographers in the community. And not to say that this is like, I mean, it's not necessarily a good thing, but not to say that these photographers intentionally were being like, I'm so-and-so like, look at me, look at my followers. Like not to say that that is, I don't even know who they are. You know, I just remember following these people. And at the beginning I was like, oh, I'm going to put everything I have into social media. And like, you know, I'm going to be, my goal is to be like this quote unquote popular photographer. Like I want to be you know, like I want people to look up to me and I want people to know who Monique is. And it was so self-serving in a way that was like, I was young. I was, you know, when you're young, I think that you are more selfish just in nature. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of what I thought photography to be like, oh, it's this great job where you make money, but then like you get all this attention. And And when that switched and I really was like, oh my God, like nobody actually cares who I am at all. Like (laughs) I could show up to a like engagement shoot wearing sweatpants and a baseball cap and it doesn't 
make a difference. Like it genuinely doesn't affect my job at all. Yeah. What I look like, who I am. And I cared less about, you know, people recognizing who I am as a person as being like, Oh, you're Monique Sarah. Like, you know, you're so whatever it is to, Oh my God, I love what you do. I love the work you create. I love how you tell people's stories. Mm -hmm. So it's like, my heart is still in my business, but my business has nothing to do with who I am as a person, as a human. It's like, yeah, my mind, my heart, my soul goes into my business, but, but it's all pouring that into someone else, not Mm -hmm. like wanting it poured into my own cup. Yes. And that's like the best perspective you can have in photography is like serving your clients. Like how can I give my clients the best photos? Um, sometimes when I'm shooting, I catch myself being like, how can I grab the most like Instagram worthy moment? Like how can I get like the, the most viral photo out of this session? When in reality, like my clients just want like the basics. Like they just want a basic engagement session. Like they just want cute photos of them. They don't want like me spending 30 minutes trying to get like this perfect shot with the sun angled perfectly, you know, like they just want like those things that they're going to remember like that session, whether it's like families, weddings, whatever. Um, so like you're saying, taking the perspective off of you onto your clients, I think it just like, it helps your business like overall, like getting reviews, like client experience, like it all starts with that mindset of like, why, why are you doing this? Like if you're doing it to uh, go ahead. I I think when people hire, and this is like, I've, this isn't my own idea. I've definitely heard this, but this is something I genuinely believe. Mm -hmm. So say someone is like searching your Instagram, you know, or someone is just on the hunt for an engagement photographer and they find your Instagram. I think people book us because they can see themselves in your photos, right? Like they can somehow picture like, Oh, that's us. Like, this is my family. This is my story. And so although like those Instagram worthy shots that go viral can be fun, they can be exciting. They can definitely like, um, gain exposure, you know, when they go on like these photography accounts and stuff, I would say like 90% of the time, our clients that are searching for us, like the people that are paying our bills, the people that are literally giving us a job, they're not going to these viral Instagram accounts to like find the most epic shot that this photographer took. Like they want to see themselves in your photo and that's right. all that they care about. Yeah, it's so true. I am, I'm not a big fan of like photography feature pages only because it's like literally only photographers that look at them, you know? Well, and that's, yes. And I remind people of that often, like all these photographers that have have a lot of followers, like don't let that trip you up into thinking that you're going to be less successful as them. Because most, if a photographer has a lot of followers, like guaranteed, most of their followers are photographers. Yes. And your goal, if your goal is to do this full time to make money, then you should be trying to get customers and clients, right? Like that should be your goal. So worry less about the followers and the likes and, and focus more on targeting like the people that you're wanting to attract to book you, because that is how your business is going to succeed. Right. Exactly. Like nobody has 20,000 potential clients following them. Right. No, no, definitely not. Or it's like, yeah, I always think too, like when photographers talk about gaining and losing followers often, I'm like, well, if a couple is about to get married, you know, I would, 
for sure. Like if I was getting married, I would follow a ton of photographers so that I could kind of see their work consistently over like several months. Yeah. And then once I booked my photographer or I got married, I would probably unfollow them because yes. if I wasn't a photographer, like I wouldn't want my feed to just be like other people's photos. Like right. we appreciate and love that because it's our job and we mm-hmm. do see a photo as art and we can kind of like put the pieces together of like composition and framing and we can like love that and appreciate that. But if I, I just think like our goal should be targeting people, you know, normal people that don't look like these, you know, like what everyone expects is like your ideal client. It's like, let's take the label off of that. Let's totally remove the surface idea of what this person looks like and who is the person that you want like you're telling their story. It does nothing else matters. Like Mm -hmm. that is the point of our job is to share their stories, to make them feel beautiful and to give them a legacy to pass on, you know, when they're gone, that's, that's it. That's why we're doing this. Not because we want to be popular or, you know, whatever other reasons people have. Yeah. Wow. I'm like amening over here. Just like (laughs) lost in my thoughts about this topic. Okay. Um, Let's move on to work-life balance because you are a mom, but you're also a photographer, which is something that I am not. And so I think you have more knowledge on this subject than me. So we can talk through it a little bit. Um, So just like walk me through, I guess, like your experience balancing the work and the home life. Like what, just what does that look like? Just, yeah. Yeah. So I am just so passionate about like healthy boundaries and life in general. It's just something that I, I just really believe in like protecting your own mental health. And like, I think that a lot of times photographers, I mean, I can't speak for everyone who owns a business, but like, I know that we, we do put ourselves last, right? Like that's what we've just been talking about this whole time. And so that can kind of get into an unhealthy pattern of, you know, if you're feeling burnout, or if you're emotionally exhausted, or if you're struggling with any sort of like anxiety or depression, I think that it's too easy for us to kind of like put ourselves on the back burner and be like, well, I have to get this gallery out or like this, there's this expectation of me, right. That like, it doesn't really matter what I'm going through. I just have to check off my to-do list and fulfill all of these expectations. And I think that's just really, really unhealthy for so many different reasons. But ultimately, I think the day that we stop being like this individual person, right? Like I, I said earlier, I am Monique, Sarah, and what I do is photography. Once I lose sight of who I am and I'm just like this overall idea of like, oh, that's, I'm just this factory. I just like mass produce these shoots and these photos. And I'm just like, you know, doing the same thing day in and day out with no passion, no heart. When we get to that point, then everyone is suffering. Like we are suffering because we are mentally unwell. Mm -hmm. Our clients are going to suffer because there's no way if you are mass producing every shoot and you're not putting any heart into it, that they are getting their best experience from you. Like there's absolutely no way. Yeah. And so with being a mom and like my husband owns his own job too, we just have developed these really healthy boundaries that I like encourage everyone to um, implement into your own life if you can. So for me personally, that looks like having all notifications off of my phone, like every notification, HoneyBook, emails, Instagram, any sort of notification that could come through my phone is disabled because I am the type of person that if I get it, I am going to feel like I instantly have to respond because 
like of my own ideas of how that makes me as a person, you know, like, oh, well, I don't want to make this person wait, or I don't want them to think that I don't care. Like I have to just let go of that and not even see it. Okay. And then I, so this is just my own personal one. I don't have Facebook. I know a lot of people still like find a lot of value in Facebook, but for me, Facebook and I don't want to like burn bridges by saying this. So I'm going to say it like gently, but a lot of the like photography community groups, I think can be really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that especially when I was, you know, six years ago, it was not a lot of um, like support or like community. It was a, it just wasn't, it was yeah. just not, not a healthy place for me to be. So I really took myself out of like all of those communities. Okay. Um, don't get me wrong. I genuinely believe in networking and like yeah. human connection. And like some of my best friends are photographers that I only see like once every couple of years, mm-hmm. because it is healthy to have friends who get this job, who totally you can call and like talk to. Um, but when it consumes your every single like second of your day, you know, you're posting on Instagram and then you're, you are responding to emails and then you're checking your HoneyBook accounts and then you're keeping up with Pinterest and then you're, if you have a TikTok and you're trying to stay up with the hashtags and then you're like, Oh shoot, I'm in this photography group. And I have to like every person's post from the last day to stay relevant in this engagement group. Like that is just so exhausting. Yes. Like that to me, that just feels so overwhelming. So, um, yeah, I removed all of those sort of temptations in my life and I just really stopped putting so much em- emphasis on like my worth in those social media platforms. Like right. if a, if a post doesn't do well on my Instagram, like one day I can get 3000 likes on a photo and the next day I can honest to God, get 300. And I just had to stop letting that affect how I valued my own self-worth and my yeah. own work. Yeah. And so taking those off, I think just kind of helps you remove those like ideas and those distractions. Yes. So when you're talking about notifications, the first thing that popped in my head was does she not answer text messages from like people in your life? Like, do you not get notifications from texts too? Or is it just I do business? have text on. Yeah. Okay. So it's well, and especially because I have kids, um, my son's school will like text us and okay, stuff yeah. like that. So I definitely have text on, but, and I will also say this, I do give my phone number to my clients. So they know if they're trying to reach me like via HoneyBook or email, and I'm not responding within like 24 hours, they can shoot me a text, you okay. know? And another thing, I'm super honest about like my life on social media. I not to the point, like, I think that there's a very fine line between complaining and just being truthful. Like you, we want people that aren't in our industry to kind of have perspective into what our days are looking like, or if someone's waiting on a gallery and they feel like, oh my gosh, it's been weeks. Like, why haven't I got this? I think that there's there's something really like vulnerable about saying like, Hey guys, just so you know, I'm like working away. I've spent this many hours, but I think that's different than being like, I'm so burnt out. Like, you know, I hate this, this time of year sucks. Like, I think that there's definitely a gentle way to do it, Mm -hmm. but I, I am honest. I am vulnerable. People know a hundred percent of the people that book me know that I'm a mom. Like everyone who is hiring me kind of knows who I am as a person outside of a photographer. Yeah. And I think that that's why like so many people love to like bring me wine or candles, like as a thank you, like 
people know who I am. And I think that they appreciate me so much more for what I do because they have like this honest look into my day-to-day life that kind of reminds them, oh yeah, like she's not a factory. Like this is one single human being who's raising two tiny human beings and like living her life, you know? Um, So yeah, boundaries with like notifications, with honesty, transparency, vulnerability. Um, And then also I have like work hours that I just are for myself. So when my kids are home, I don't edit unless they're like my husband's home or they're sleeping. So if like, it's a day where my kids aren't in school and my husband's working, you know, say Christmas break or something, I'm not editing. I'm with my kids. Mm -hmm. So if I'm super, super behind on work, I will wake up early at like 4.30 and edit from 4.30 till 8.30. Wow, And then God my husband bless. will go to work, <laughs> just drink my coffee, you know? And I'm like way more a morning person than a night owl. Like I okay. can't edit at night. So like, okay. that's just what works for me is finding those pockets of like, okay, I can edit in the morning. I can edit during nap time and I can edit when my husband gets home. Yeah. And if that's three hours in the morning, two hours at nap time and three hours at night, then I'm still getting eight hours. And yeah. it's it's but I'm not missing any time with my kids. So that's just been really important for me is like sticking to work hours when I'm working from home, you know, in my pajamas or whatever. I think it's just like another healthy boundary. It's like, Oh, my kids are both home or, you know, they, I don't want their memory of me growing up to be like, wow, mom always was working or like mom was always in her office. Like, I don't want that to be what they remember. Right. Yeah. I, I recently, I think it's been just this past year. Um, I started doing work hours. Like I'm working. I I think for me, it's not as like strict as I would like it to be, but it's usually like nine to four, um, Uh or, or like nine to three or something like that. And like, it helps like, seriously, like saying like, okay, I have to be working like this day, nine to four, just getting all my stuff done. Like, and then afterwards, like, I won't work after four and I won't answer emails or anything like that. Exactly, And it's nice. And I think we lose that when we own our own business, right? Because we're, everything is so accessible. It's like literally our phone is our computer and we're home. And so I think if you don't have these healthy boundaries or these set work hours or whatever it is that works for you, Mm -hmm. then you're never going to stop. Like, sure. Maybe you're not consistently working all day, but like, did you actually ever get a break? If you, if the first thing you do when you wake up is open your email and then all day you're checking Instagram and then you're responding to clients or you're sending ed- whatever, then you're sitting at your computer and you're editing, you're sending galleries and then you have a photo shoot at night and then you get home and you're like, Oh, I got to get back on my emails. Like when in that whole entire day, were you not working? Right. You know, like it doesn't matter if you're at home in your pajamas, like in the own comfort of like your office or whatever, but you're still working. Like yeah. people people kind of forget, like, this is still a job very right. much, you know? And it's hard because with photography, it's something that I really love. Like, I love to see the transformation of an edit or like how a shoot came together. Um, but it is just like that where if you love it so much, you can keep working and like, you don't feel tired, but then you do hit a point eventually where you're like, wow, I'm very tired. Like I have not, I've not been working well. Like I've been working literally all day. Um, And then you have nothing to give. So then like the session that comes after that, it's like, 
even if you're not aware of it, you're 100% going to edit that gallery differently than the, the one that you edited when you were like still in love with it, when you still had like your fire burning because you're passionate about what you were doing. Like yeah. it all comes back to like, why are you doing this? Probably because you love photography, right? Or you love human connection. So don't lose sight of that, especially at the end of the year, I think every single photographer right now is drowning and I totally get it. And so I'm like such a firm believer in like, okay, well, if you can take one night off and go on a date with your husband, get a massage, go to target, whatever it is, just completely unplug, go do something for yourself. And then tomorrow come back to this so that you're not just like resenting these clients or this gallery or, you know, whatever it is, like you don't want to you don't want to lose your love for it because that's when like your whole brand is going to be stripped away from you. Yeah. It definitely helps to come back to galleries with like fresh eyes almost. Um, I know if I'm struggling with like the lighting in a gallery or something specifically at weddings, like sometimes just the lighting, like, I'm oh, like yeah. why was I shooting like that? Like, why was I doing that? Um, or like a ceremony you have no control over it. You're like, right. did someone have told them that they should have turned around. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on like things that I cannot control. Cause it, it's overwhelming. Um, but <laughs> when you're editing things that you're like, mm, I just don't love this or I'm just not like passionate about this one specific lighting, whatever, like it helps to go away even for like a full evening and come back to it like the next day, especially if it's not like, like if the gallery's due in three days, like spend some time editing, you know, take, take a, a st- yeah, take a step away from it and then come back because I do that sometimes. And I'm like, wow, I was editing so green, like all yesterday. Oh, yes. I do that too. Also, I think you kind of, when you do that, when you, when you take a step away and you like, when we're editing, we're so just like in this, okay, next, you know, do yeah. all of our <laughs> settings next. Yes. And I think that we are really only viewing our images as our work. Like these are our photos. This is how I'm editing it. This is the aesthetic. I think sometimes when you step away and you come back, say you still don't love a photo. Like it's still maybe your least favorite photo in the entire gallery. I think you can have a more clear, like honest perspective of, well, I think the client will love this because like she looks beautiful or like, you know, look how he's looking like whatever it is. I think when you can kind of step back from the photographer in you and being like, this doesn't represent my like edit this doesn't look like my normal work because mm-hmm. sometimes it won't like if right. you're shooting in a dark waterfall or you're shooting at like a beautiful desert like they're going to be different and so I think realizing oh wow like they're going to love this or yes. like I always do this could they hang this up in their house <laughs> you know so even if I don't love the photo I'm like I could picture this in someone's house right now or like in a gallery or I could mm-hmm. picture their grandkids looking at this specific image that aesthetically drives me insane but like the storytelling is beautiful yeah yeah that's so true it's so good to look at the photos from the client's perspective um Mm -hmm. I think I was talking about it earlier a little bit maybe maybe I wasn't um (laughs) but um when you're doing like session after session sometimes it just feels like okay I'm doing literally the same thing every single day especially in like August for me I start to feel like this where it's like I am shooting like a couple every single day. And I feel like I'm doing the same poses and I'm doing everything the exact same. Um, but you do have to think of it from the client's perspective. Like they booked a session with you. Like maybe they've never had photos done before. And like, Mm -hmm. they want like all of this, like 
they want that the engagement yeah. session experience like they want well, that. and that's why they booked you right. right because they love what you offer and you could have offered that literal same location lighting poses to 20 other couples but that's not them and they right. don't care like yeah they just want they just want them in the photos and right. so yeah I think that's like a really good reminder for people too is like it doesn't you know and you don't have to post every single photo you take on social media. I tell people this all the time too. Like, no. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, this session looks like all my, all of my last, whatever dozen, maybe don't share that one because you don't want it because you personally, as a photographer, don't want all of your work to look the same, but know that your client, like to them, that's the first time that they have had these photos. This is the first time maybe they've done this post. They've been to this location. They've had a sunset shoot. Like if we put it back to, they're the ones paying us and trusting us, right? This is all for them. Yeah. Then it it doesn't really matter like if you've shot 25 other people in the same exact spot. Right. It's so true because like if you don't feel like okay, I've shot at the same waterfall, like just put your ego behind you and just like ch- post like another location. You know, like it's right. not that hard or like you'll have someone come along who wants a different location eventually. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But or don't- do a free sh- like you yourself can yes. do a free shoot, right? Yes. Like if you are dying to have different content, then call up your best friends and be like, I need you to model for me. <laughs> you know, I do that so all the true. time. Well, yeah. not anymore, but I did when I was like building my portfolio. Right. Literally, if you look back on my Instagram from the very beginning, you're probably going to see my same four best friends like over and over <laughs> and over and over. And over again. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you one last question, um, kind of like I feel like in summary of like specifically your wedding career, what is like the biggest, like some of the biggest lessons you've learned from doing weddings specifically? Ooh, I've never been asked this. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just be overly confident. Like even if you are not <laughs> just exude confidence, I think my first like two years of my wedding photography career, I vividly remember situations where I would like panic because the lighting wasn't good and like vocalize that say, you know, like say that they wanted a say that the bride has a specific vision of her walking down these stairs and you're like looking, you're like, Oh my God, this is direct light. It's 2 PM. You're in a white dress. Like, hell no. So you, you like are visualizing that, but that's what she wants, right? That's yeah. all. She's like, I have this idea. I would say, be so confident in what you can offer and just make them feel heard. And if that's what she wants, I would like, if I were to do that right now, I'd be like, Oh my God, yes, you're so right. I saw that those stairs and I thought they were so beautiful. Like the <laughs> texture, on, like who cares if that's the worst photo that you take? if that's what she wanted, like she would probably love it. Or she'll be like, Oh, that was my idea. That sucked. You right. know, and like, then why, the blame still- why did I think that? <laughs> yeah. So I would say like with any situation like that, just if, if you have the option to change it, say like a wedding coordinator says, Oh, we usually do like the, um, family photos over here and you're looking and you're like, okay, well, I could see like, we can do that if that's what my couple wants, but I actually was here scouting and there's a really great spot over here that has great backlight and it's shaded, like definitely speak up when it's possible. But if there's a situation that you literally cannot control, just go in it with all the confidence that you can muster up because that's, they just want to feel calm, right? Like our, our couples just want to feel calm. Um, and in that same, like with the same sense of having confidence, if something goes wrong or if like 
things are behind because they always are. I am always the first person literally in any situation to be like, Oh, it's totally fine. I shoot so fast. Like we have an hour to do this. I could honest to God do this in 10 minutes if I needed to, like, even if in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to lose the light. Like, yeah, I know, I know when to like hurry things along, but I know how to do it in a way that's not going to stress them out. So I would just say, be super, super confident. Even if you're faking it, even if you don't feel confident, they're not going to know, you know, people are just going to remember the experience you gave them, how you made them feel. And if you want to keep booking weddings, yeah, a large part is like, how are you a good photographer? Do you take good photos? Do people like your edits? But also I would say an equal part of that success is just do people like working with you? Because when you're a wedding photographer, I would say 90% of my weddings are not booked because of my social media. It's because, oh, this my husband was a groomsman in a wedding that you shot two years ago and said, you were the funnest photographer that him and the groomsmen have ever worked with, you know, like people remember how you made them feel. And if the wedding day is going, if every single thing's going wrong and everyone is stressing out and the mother is freaking the F out, but you are there with like a level head and you're like, this is so beautiful. Like these, you're going to love these photos. Like they're going to remember that you were their sense of calm and peace and confidence. Yes. Confidence is literally key. Even if you're just doing like family photos or engagement photos, like that confidence of like posing people, like nobody wants to like stand there and be like, okay, what do we do next? You know, like just the, the confidence to like take over and direct people and literally just like do things. I think that's just a huge, like, part of being a photographer in general. Like I know if I hired someone, I'm not hiring someone that doesn't like take control, isn't confident. Like, right. Yeah. Taking control is like, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Also, I would say like giving compliments. I don't even know how to say that to not sound like corny, but yeah. Could you imagine if someone's taking it? Because here's the truth we are all going to take photos that we literally hate. And we're like, what was I thinking in that photo? Right. But like, if if I take that photo at a family shoot and I'm in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, that is awful out loud. I'm going to say, okay, guys, we got the shot. That was perfect. Now let's move things up a little bit. Or like, say I can tell that someone is feeling insecure and how I posed their body is I'm always going to be feeding them like compliments about, Oh, this is such a great angle for you. This is so flattering. Oh my gosh. The way the backlight is coming behind you really brings out your eyes. Like people are going to take better photos if they feel like they're looking good in the photos. So like just encourage them, you know, just keep, just keep telling them that they are the most beautiful in the entire world. (laughs) Yes. You, you really have to hype people up. Um, I've dealt with like, not dealt with, but I've like had clients who are a little bit more, um, introverted and not as comfortable in front of the camera. And I think hyping them up, like not in an uncomfortable way, because I've been uncomfortably hyped up before. And I've been like, I don't like this, but if you hype them up and like know how much to hype them up and just kind of like use your visual and verbal like cues to know, like when's a good time to hype and when's a good time to chill. It it really does impact how your clients pose and like how even like natural their smile is, which is just like such a small thing. But sometimes guys have like this, like they have a picture smile and then they have their real smile. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does help with getting that real smile out, you know? Yeah. And, and if you don't want it to be all physical, you know, like if you can tell that someone is physically insecure, but you don't really want to, 
you don't even want to draw out their body image at all. Right. Because like that can be important too. I will always like come comment on how they are interacting. So if I'm like photographing a family, I'll be like, Oh my God, like you can just see how happy your kids are. Or like if I'm photographing an engagement couple, Oh my God, the way you guys look at each other, like I can physically feel like your love, you know, just like making them feel like their story, their relationship is unique, is beautiful, is special and worth documenting. I think that in itself will make them more comfortable. It doesn't even have to be like, Oh my God, you have the best butt I've ever seen. You know, right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I think that's a good note to end on because you've given us so many golden nuggets of info throughout the whole um, episode. So um, before we just like sign off, peace out. Um, tell me a little bit about what you have up and coming in your business and where people can find you on Instagram, all that stuff. Oh, okay. First, thank you so much for asking me to do this. Of course. Um, I'm so honored. Like I just, I wanted to make sure that I said that cause this is like very humbling and I'm super grateful. Um, and then, so my social media is just Monique Sarah photography and let's see, what do I have coming up? So I take every winter off which is another healthy boundary for me. So I take every December, like typically the second week of December through the end of February. So I take three full months off of shooting. Um, It takes me about eight weeks to get caught up on editing. So it's not like I'm not working, but it's really just focusing on what I have to do, seeing my checklist, like my to-do list go down and just really being able to like focus on that and then do nothing and just rest and recharge. And then I have two weddings next year that will be my official last two that were COVID reschedules. And then from there, I don't really know. Next year is a lot of family sessions, a lot of um, people whose stories I've been telling for like six years that just keep coming back to me and just getting to like watch them grow and Mm -hmm. hopefully more workshops if like you know, things keep getting better in the world. Yes, (laughs) That's, that's what I love is hopefully more workshops and being able to do like community conferences, networking events, stuff like that. I just love being around like other humans, other photographers, other like creatives. Yes. Same. I'll be keeping an eye out for all of your community stuff because I literally just love connecting with others and just, yeah, I just like to see like what like other photographers are up to too. So yeah, and networking is so important too. Yes. It 100% is if not like for your business, but just like emotionally. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Meet other people to vent to. (laughs) Yes. We should, I think every photographer needs to do this like non-work workshop where we all just like have dinner (laughs) and (laughs) and just hang out and talk about like, you know, the business and then that's it. There's yeah. no, there's no work. <laughs> it's basically just a photography hangout at that point. <laughs> yeah, literally. Amazing. Cool. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. It was so great meeting you virtually and talking with you. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment or oh, keep my sanity. Wisdom rushing in